Well, hey, we're on a, a great series at the moment called Great Hymns of Faith. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm a sucker for the old hymn songs. Love them. You know, we, week one, we spoke about Amazing Grace. And uh, last week, we spoke, uh, Mel spoke about How Great Is Thy Faithfulness. And then today, what a friend we have in Jesus. And uh, you know what? Hymns are songs that have been sung through generations. And uh, they're not necessarily just uh, words from men, but they've got biblical principles in them that are passed on from generation to generation. I just believe as we go through this hymn today that we're going to realize what a friend we have in Jesus. So I think sometimes we think this God is an angry God that's far away. But as we read through Scripture, we see that He's loving, He's He's caring, He's kind towards us, and that we can call Him friend. And um, But you know what I find in life? Life has weight. Weight, and you know, some weight is good and some weight is bad. So you think as parents, you have a weight of responsibility to be parents. Look after your kids, to, to, to look after the affairs of your life and keep everything in order. You have a weight, you have a responsibility. In your workplace, you have a weight um, to, to, to serve your boss well, to do your job well. So there's weights in life that are good, but then there's weights in life that are bad. And those weights, I believe, are at sin. And sin is something that so quite easily entangles us and slows us down and puts weight on us that we're not meant to carry, but we're meant to cast it upon Him because He cares for us. Come on, Jesus' yoke, it's easy, it's light. One that we can bear, we can handle that. And I think we've got to realise that in life, as I said, there's a weight that comes on us, but make sure we're carrying the right weight, the, the, the weight that's making a difference, the weight that is the one that God's calling us to do, not carrying the weight that slows us down and wears us out. And uh, I know that as we go through life, there's different seasons that we go through, different challenges that we have, different crossroads we come across. But can I encourage you that we've got a God that is close to us. Jesus is our friend and He wants to help us as we navigate all those seasons in life. And I almost see it like this, that life's a journey and God has a great plan for us to be able to outwork in our life. And that journey that He has for us, we can do in His strength. But if we're going to try to carry all the pressures and weights and worries of the world following Jesus, sure, we'll get to heaven, but it's going to be a hell of a journey to get there. It's not what Jesus has called that's not the life that God's called us to. It's almost like when you go to the beach when you've got a family. As a dad, I'm the mule horse. I'm going to carry everything. It seems like when it comes to going to the beach, you've got your cabana, the, the shade cloth. You've got the beach chairs. You've got the, uh, the kids' toys, the, the, the sand bucket. You've got the esky or the chili bin, whatever you want to call it, whoever's in the house. And um, you've got all these things that you've got to carry. The, 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 the destination's going to be nice, but it's sort of tiring getting there because you're carrying everything and then and then when everything's loaded up then your kids will come and ask you can you carry their towel as well and it's like this is just uh crazy but I'm thankful now that my son's a little bit older and when we have to travel and carry things now he actually helps me carries things so we can get there easier and I think that's the picture of what Jesus is as well that we've got things we've got to carry but Jesus is there to help us he wants to carry the load we have the grace of God that does the heavy lifting in our life in Jesus' name. So what a friend we have in Jesus. Let me read the, the line of this song. Do you, would you like me to sing it? No, you don't. All right. What a friend we have in Jesus, <clears throat> all our sins and grieves to bear, uh, and uh, grieves to bear, and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
Man, what a, what a powerful line in this song. All our sins and griefs to bear and what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Now, the scripture that I'm reminded of as we read this song is in Philippians 4 verse 6. And what does it say? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. God says we're going to give everything. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. That's this scripture that they're singing. Instead of worrying about anything, let's pray about everything. Pray about everything. Now, I sort of want to encourage us today that that in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. In the presence of God, our eyes are open to what we can be in Christ. And I believe one of the ways that we can enter into the presence of God is through prayer. Prayer is powerful. I'm just praying today. I know there's people here that you've got a great prayer life. You're, You're praying, you're storming heaven. There's some people that you're struggling in your prayer life. And then there's others where your prayer life is just non-existent. I'm just hoping today that you would just get a fresh desire to want to enter into the presence of Jesus through prayer, that you wouldn't carry the weights of the world and the struggles upon yourself, but you realise that it's a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. But what I find in life, I think we can all be in the same boat at times, that we can find prayer a duty, something that we have to do. Do I have to pray? But what you've got to understand is that our faith It's not a legalistic religious faith. It's not about the do's and don'ts. Our faith is based on a relationship with Jesus Christ. And a relationship to be healthy, there's got to be communication. You think if you never speak to your spouse, there's not going to be, it's not going to be a heavy, uh, not going to be a, sorry, a healthy relationship. If you don't talk to a friend, the relationship's not going to become healthy. And I believe that same with us, that we've got a friend in Jesus and we're called to pray to build a healthy relationship in life. But at times we can think that, man, prayer's a duty. It's a waste of time. What's the point? If you feel that and think that, it's because your mindset around prayer is wrong. And I believe this is some of the mindsets that people have when they think that prayer is a duty. The first is this, that they think that prayer is complicated. They think that when they pray, they've got to say, this saith the Lord, they've got to quote all the, the, uh, the, the old King James version. They've got to know the Bible back to front. People can overcomplicate it. I don't know the big prayer words. I don't, I don't sound as good as other people. And we can complicate prayer, which makes it feel like a duty and something that you have to do. And another way we can complicate it is that we, we put limits on our prayer or standards on our prayer, which means that I've got to get up at 5 a.m. every morning and I've got to pray. I've done that before and Jesus wasn't awake. So just stay in bed and uh, <laughs> that's when you pray, it's good for you. But for me, I've tried it. I get up and I just fall asleep straight away and wake up a few hours later. You've got to find what works for you. But some people put these, these limits where it's like, you've got to, it's at a certain time or it's in a certain place. You know, you've got to pray in your prayer closet. So now you're getting up at 5 a.m. and you're getting into your closet to pray and and, and, and you can see how you're developing these limits that are causing something to become a duty, not out of a pleasure or a relationship with God. <clears throat> Some people think, so what have we got? We've got, I have to get up early, got to get to your prayer closet. And then say, so you've got to pray for an hour. Now, when I want to pray for an hour, I'll pray for everything and I've still got 55 minutes to go. And I'm like, Does God not love me now? Is God not going to answer my prayer because I didn't pray for an hour? 
And I think we can understand as we've been in church for a while, we can hear these types of things and we start to put our prayer life as this duty and this responsibility rather than the beauty of a relationship communicating with our heavenly father. So we have to get up early. We have to go to our prayer closet. It has to be an hour. And now we have to bind up the devil as well. So now we're binding up the devil over everything. And we're making things so complicated. And we're taking the joy out of enjoying the presence of God through prayer. So we can see it's a duty because we make it complicated or we think that prayer is boring. Now, I've been to some prayer meetings that were boring. And you know why they were boring? Because the people that were praying were boring. It wasn't because of the God that we were praying to was boring. It's just that those people were boring. And, and I think we've got to understand prayer is not boring. Like when you go hang out with your friends and you're talking and you're, and you're sharing and you're having fellowship with them, how exciting is it when you get to have relationship with your friends, people around you? It's, it can be like that with Jesus as well. It's not something that should be dreaded or is boring. There is boring people, but we don't have a boring church here, do we? We've got people that are full of life. There's a couple in the front row that are full of life. Everybody, everybody else full of life and loving Jesus, not bored. Or, or, or another wrong thinking around prayer is that we think prayer doesn't work. I've prayed for something before and I, the answer didn't come. I prayed for that promotion, it didn't come. I prayed for someone that needed healing and they, they weren't healed. So it, God doesn't answer prayer, so what's the point of praying? This is all wrong thinking when it comes to prayer. It's not complicated, it's not boring, and God does hear our prayers. See, what you've got to understand that the God, the friend that we have in Jesus, Jesus is near to us. He's not far off. Our God is kind-hearted. He cares for us. He loves having a relationship with us. He wants to open the windows of heaven upon our life. See, what you got to understand, if you think that, man, God, it's, it's so complicated, it's boring, it doesn't work, man, change your thinking that there's a God that loves you, that is kind towards you. He's not hard to please. It's by faith that we please God, putting our faith and trust in Him. See, what it says in John 15, 15 in the Passion Translation, it says this, I have called, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants, but I call you my most intimate friends. See, he's not calling us servants where they don't get to know the heart, but he calls us friends that we can know God's heart towards us, that we can have relationship. It's not one-sided where we're just trying to connect with God, but God wants to reveal his heart towards us when it comes to spending time with him. See, this, this story, the story behind this hymn that we sang today, what a friend we have in Jesus. I just want to sort of, paint the story of how this song came to being. And by the, there's a man by the name of Joseph Scriven, who was an Irishman, to be sure, to be sure, to be sure, an Irishman, who in the 1800s was engaged to his, his sweetheart. And he was, I think it was the day before he was about to marry his fiance. he went to meet with her by the river, by the river. And at that time there was no cars, so they were on horseback. And so she... Um, was traveling there and as she was getting close to the river, she fell off her horse and knocked her head on a stone or a rock and became unconscious and rolled into the river and died. Joseph came a few moments later to discover his fiance drowned in the river. His heart was broken. 
He didn't know Christ at this time, but he experienced some pain in his life. He leaves Ireland and moves to Canada. Canada is where he comes to know Christ. And he begins to live a life where he wants to, he, 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 uh, he wants to help the poor and the needy. So he wouldn't work for any of the rich people. He would only work for poor people and he would help them. And he had, he had um, sold his life to helping people that were less fortunate in his life. And so God is doing a great work in his life and now he meets another beautiful young lady and he gets engaged to her. And just before they're about to get married, she gets ammonia and dies. It's almost like you can't make this stuff up, it seems like. Where this person has experienced so much grief and pain and loss. He's lost two of the loves of his life. Years go on and his, his mother in Ireland, he writes her a letter to comfort her that's getting older in years. And he writes her a poem. And the poem that he wrote her is the song that we sung today. He didn't write the music he wrote the poem. One of his friends put music to the poem and that's how we have this song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. The power behind the words, the power behind the songs gives us more meaning. All of the lyrics that we've been reading, all of the, the, the poem that was put together was from somebody that had, had gone through a lot but chose not to get bitter but chose to get better, chose not to carry the hurts and the grief but chose to give it to God in prayer because he knew that he had a friend in Jesus. Let me read another part of um, the song. We didn't sing this verse today, but let me just read this to you. Can we find a friend so faithful uh, who all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The power of prayer. He's saying, hey, if we want to be people, the song passed through generations, if we want to carry uh, the yoke that God has for us, that's light. Come, we're going to take it to God in prayer, not carrying it to it, carrying it ourselves. Have relationship with Him and He will help us. <coughs> James uh, 5 verse 16 talks about the power of prayer. You don't understand prayer is powerful. It is so powerful. James uh, 15, 16 says this, pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, who's righteous? We've got Jesus in our life. We have the righteousness of God in our life. Come on, our prayers are powerful and effective, which means if we've got Christ in our life, when we pray, we affect the environment, the world around us. Come, prayer changes things. It says that prayer heals. Prayer can move mountains. Come on, a prayer in faith can move mountains. Our relationships are restored. God can calm storms through the power of prayer. We enter ultimately enter His presence through prayer. We've got to learn just to keep taking it to Him in prayer. So let me give you a few things though. We've seen that having the, why the wrong thinking can lead us to thinking prayer is a duty. Let, let us give us some right thinking around prayer. I know that we can go through Scripture, we can read the Lord's Prayer, which is a great framework on how we can structure prayers, but I just want to be a bit more practical than that today. And I want to help us just to spark and reignite and get a deeper desire to want to spend time with our friend Jesus, our Saviour and friend. So prayer. Prayer is ultimately this. You're talking to God. Just like you talk to your friends, you can talk to God. 
See, in uh, Philippians 4, the, the, the book of Philippians was written by Paul. And what you got to understand is that Paul always wanted to go to Rome, the, 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 the mega city, the, the, the mega power of the time. He wanted to go to Rome to preach the gospel. But Paul went to Rome as a prisoner in chains. And when he's writing this book, he's in prison in Rome, waiting to hear if his life's going to be taken from him. And this is what he writes. Don't worry about anything. While he's in prison, not knowing how his life's going to turn out. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. Here we've got instructions that the Apostle Paul wrote in such a simple, powerful way. Everything. Give it to God in prayer. Tell him what you need. Be thankful. Have communication with God. See, sometimes we think when it's, when it's talking to God, we think, well, it's about just sharing my burdens or my struggles. Yeah, it can involve that. But you can also tell God what's going good in your life. You can thank him how you didn't get that speeding ticket when the camera flashed. It never came in the mail. You can, you can talk about all the good things. It's a, it's a relationship. But often we can turn this relationship into something as before where it's complicated and we make it a bit legalistic. We think, well, I've got to spend a certain amount of time. And, and now we don't spend an hour in prayer. We start feeling bad and guilty because we're not spending long enough in prayer. Maybe God's not going to answer our prayers because we're not spending hours in prayer. It's not about works. It's by faith. And I love it what the Apostle Paul says. He says, pray without ceasing. I know we've got moments where we pray and we're really petitioning, needing God to break through in our life. But then I like having that mindset of praying about ceasing. As you're going through your day-to-day life, as you come to crossroads, as you're walking through the journey of life, just keep talking to God. Invite Him in to your life. Speak to Him. Have communication with Him so that He can help you move forward in what He has for your life. So prayer is ultimately us talking to God. Number two, prayer can involve us venting to God. You can tell God what you're not happy about. He's big enough. He can handle it. He's the God of the universe. I think we think we can't vent. We can't let God know that. But God wants to know our heart. He wants to know the hurts. He wants to know the pains, the frustrations. You know, we've got friends that we vent to. And I want to encourage you, be careful who you vent to, because I know that venting is a lot of emotion and not, many, not much truth sometimes. So be careful who you vent to. But we can vent to God. We can say we're frustrated, we're hurting. And you watch, when you start venting to God, God starts to change the atmosphere of your heart and He will change your venting into thanksgiving as you push through into prayer. So man, when you're hurting, when you're, when you're feeling burdensome, you can vent, you can tell God, God, I'm annoyed, I'm frustrated at this. I don't understand why this is happening. And, uh, and as we do that, you allow God to do a work in our life. So we, talk, we just talk to God, we vent to God. And the third thing we've got to understand is that we've got to listen to God. Prayer is two ways. It's communication is two ways. You communicate and you listen. You talk and you listen. I think sometimes when we come to God, we've got our prayer list. God, I want a Ferrari. If you can't give me a Ferrari, I have a Lamborghini. You can't have a Lamborghini. We've got our list that we go. Then we just walk away and just go on with life. But we've got to stop and listen to what God's saying to us. Allowing God to change us into His likeness, not us trying to change God into our likeness. And we've got to understand that, that God, we've got to listen to what He's saying and directing our paths. I love what it says in John 10, 27. It says, My sheep know my voice and I know them. Which Jesus is our shepherd. We're the sheep of His pasture. 
And we've got to know his voice. Do you know God's voice? How do you, under, how do you know God's voice? By spending time with him. You see, God speaks to us in many ways. Many times we're waiting for God to speak to us in this big, audible, loud voice. But you know what? God speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through people. He speaks to us through circumstances. He speaks to us in so many different ways. We've got to be listening to what God is saying. So we see that you know, prayer, it's talking to God, venting to God, but listening to God. Just like... When Samuel started, the, the, the prophet Samuel, the child, started hearing the voice of God in the Old Testament. When God yelled out to him, he ran to Eli and he said, well, what do you want? Because he thought that Eli was calling, but it was actually God. His ear wasn't attuned to God's voice. And what did Eli have to say to the young boy? Go and when that voice calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I wonder if we changed our prayers to that, how much more God would do in our life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What would you have for me to do this day? How can I align my life with your word and what you have for my life? So you've got to listen to God. Now, as Pentecostals, we believe in the thing called the prayer language, speaking in tongues. I brought a magnet when I should have brought a Honda, all that type of stuff. But there's a prayer language that God gives us that sometimes if you notice that when you're praying to God, you can't put the words behind the pain or the agony. God gives us a prayer language that we can speak straight to God that bypasses our mind, goes straight from our heart into the throne room of God. And it talks about it in 1 Corinthians 14 too. It says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Connecting with God. No one encourage you. you want to know more about that? Speak to our guys at the Next Step area. We want to be able to help you with that or any of the pastoral team to help you understand that more. So we've got this prayer language that God gives us to connect with Him in a way that is so intimate. And the last thing I want to talk about is this, is that when we pray, we've got to make sure that we're praying from a heart of thanksgiving. A heart of thanksgiving. That scripture we read out in Philippians 4 verse 6, we'll read two verses, 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So if we don't worry, instead we pray about everything and we have a thankful and we're thankful for what he's doing, the reward to that is that we will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So it's not necessarily about the circumstance changing on the outside, but prayer about changing our atmosphere on the inside where we can experience the peace of God. See, there's nothing worse than when you lose your peace. It's all right when things are going wrong on the outside, but if you lose the peace on the inside, it's when everything's falling apart. And here it's saying, hey, if we want to have people that have peace on the inside, we're going to give everything to God in prayer and thank Him for all that He's done. Have an attitude of thankfulness. See, prayer doesn't always change our circumstance, but prayer will always change us. We can experience that peace. Another verse in that song that we read today says this. So another verse in that song that we sung today. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. Losing our peace, carrying pain. We was not willing to give it to God in prayer. See, true peace isn't found in the absence of our problems. True peace is found in the presence of Jesus. And the way we can enter into the presence of Jesus is through prayer. 
through communication, through having relationship with Him. And we can experience that peace that surpasses all understanding.